or at least putting a new face on their massive Mexican drug operation. Their Sinaloa cartel has put up roadside banners signed by Los Chapitos, their nickname south of the border. They announced production and sales of fentanyl have been banned in the state. Analysts doubt they would abandon such a lucrative business. The four brothers took over their father's criminal empire when he was extradited to the U.S. in 2017. The youngest, Chapito, was extradited last month. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News. Uber drivers can now handle your mail. The ride-hailing company says its drivers can now collect up to five prepaid and sealed packages and drop them off for you at the post office, UPS, or FedEx. One uh, Uber One members get charged a flat $5 fee. Monica Ricks, CBS News. Have you Googled yourself lately? Are there negative posts from an ex-employee or from a former client? Maybe an outdated news article or sensitive personal information about your family? Search engines don't always get it right. But right or wrong, it's your reputation on the line. That's where Reputation Defender by Norton comes in. One of the most trusted names in online reputation repair. Reputation Defender has been fixing people's search results for over 15 years. Their cutting-edge approaches help you to wipe away unwanted information in your search results. They also promote the good stuff so that it rises to the top, helping you put your best foot forward. Your good name is too valuable to leave to the whims of a Google algorithm. Take control with Reputation Defender. You can start by getting your free Reputation Report Card at reputationdefender.com. Or call 800-401-6681 to speak to an expert. That's 800-401-6681. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Carl Blaylock. Hi, hello, 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 and welcome into the WATH studios. Carl Blaylock here. Alongside the voice of the Bobcats, Russ Eisenstein in studio. Great to have you, Russ. Hey, it's been a little while, hasn't it? Uh, it's good to be back in here, live, local, radio getting results, sister station of our flagship station on the best sports talk show in all of Southeast Ohio, and uh, always happy to come in, homecoming week or not, we need to do this a little bit more often as we go forward in the season. Absolutely, and now that we have enough shows with the Reds being off, mm-hmm. uh, it is definitely the perfect time for it and looking at the Bobcats, you know, so far this season, four and one, obviously fell on the road at San Diego State week one. That was without Curtis Rourke. Uh, took the offense a little bit to get into rhythm. Uh, a few tough showings. Uh, Long Island beating them twenty-seven to ten. That was without Curtis Rourke as well. Seventeen uh, ten victory at Florida Atlantic. The ten seven victory over Big Twelve Iowa State. But the offense finally kicking it at a high gear. Uh, two weekends ago at Bowling Green, ruining their homecoming with a 38-7 Bobcat victory that really should have been a lot more. Yeah, it, it's been a, a really fun 
five weeks. It's been a, a, an interesting travel, five weeks too. Uh, this is the first time that the program saw both oceans in the same season uh, out to California, and that was um, the first time that Ohio had ever played in the state of California. Really? Uh, and then uh, going to Florida and seeing the Atlantic, so the first time in program history that Ohio had ever seen California for one, and then both oceans for two, um, and then the early start to MAC play, the early off week. Um, we've had that a couple of times. I think it's five or six times that there's been an off week in, in the month of September in the 2000s, but it's not often. And it was it was perfectly timed, too, because you get the MAC opening win and the way that it went down. You get to get to just kind of relax a little bit. And now you re-attack re things with homecoming. So, um, And, you know, the San Diego State game, I, I don't think the Aztecs are as good as we had hoped or thought that they would be. Um, but still, you, you were without your star quarterback for three quarters, and you still had a chance to win the game late, or at least tie. And so you can you can lose on the road. I mean, that, that happens. So all in all, this was really, really a really good start to the season, and, and we're all looking forward to homecoming and what hopefully could be a really good Mac run here. Absolutely. And you look at the coming in, one thing that definitely probably helped the Bobcats with this bye week is their receiving core. Obviously, Monday we got the news that Jacoby Jones is out for the season. Yeah. Uh, obviously, a, a tough blow to that receiving core. Who do you think steps up in there in their place for the Bobcats? I mean, there's you got Wiggles, but who else is there? Oh, if if you're not aware that that this wide receiving core is deep, these guys are going to let you know. Because uh, there are a lot of guys that can make plays in the wide receiver core. And and Jacoby Jones, how that went down was just really unfortunate. And um, I think Scott Leffler and the BG program was a bit embarrassed by the way that they handled their business in the loss to Ohio. And um, I thought that it was a dirty hit that was put on Jacoby Jones and the player that did it afterwards apologized to Jacoby after the game. And so it's good to be accountable. It's just unfortunate that it happened that way. Um but sure, uh, Sam Wigless and, and Miles Cross and, and Ty Walton and, and, and the rest of the guys. Uh, Chase Hendricks is a guy that they're really, really high on. Uh, Aramani Rowan is another guy they're really, really high on. And then the tight ends that Ohio has. Uh, there's some injuries there, too. I, I think Mason Williams uh, could be uh, lost for some weeks, if not uh, the year. Um, but you, you've got Will Kazmarek uh, in there and Tyler Foster in there. There are so many weapons. And the good news is, I think that you can win the league without all of those weapons this year, but Ohio has a spoil of riches. It just hasn't come out yet where the offense has had that, that juggernaut performance that we're, we're used to, but the games haven't really dictated it, and the defense has stole the show. This defense is legit, and it's the best defense Ohio's had potentially since the mid-'70s. I mean, you look at that defense, and... I don't think anyone expected coming into the season to have a defense that is top five in EPA. You've got a lot of these advanced statistics that Ohio is in the top ten, top five. Yeah. of, and I don't think anyone expected it coming into the season. I, I did. I expected them to be very good because I thought that the strength was in the linebacking core and I thought the depth in the secondary was good. And, and I thought guys like Avani Watkins, uh, Rodney Matthews, Rayon Buell uh, on the defensive line, uh, and then you, you, you just keep adding on guys. Shane Bonner, the thing about this team is you can rattle off name after name after name, and you don't want to stop rattling off the names because there are, there are important guys that you haven't named yet. 
Um, but I thought that the defense had a really good chance to be good because they turned the corner in that Kent, uh, Kent State game last year. And you could say, well, how could they turn the corner when they gave up 700 yards? Well, I think they kind of had that, that come-to-reality moment of what needed to change. And what Spence Nowinski, D coordinator for Ohio, and that defensive staff, along with the leadership, the player leadership, they turned things around. Yeah, that Akron game last year, the Zips scored some points, but we're going on 13 straight, 13 straight really good defensive performances. And Rob Cornelius mentioned this at BG, and he kind of caught himself mid-sentence saying, it's one of the best performances that we've seen. But then you start thinking about the other great performances Ohio's had defensively this year. And, and so that's, that's really a tip of the cap to how they changed things going into week three of MAC play last year, and they've just been awesome ever since. They really, really have. And it, it, you talked about that linebacking core, and Key Thompson's been yeah. one of the best defenders in the country, I think. Well, Bryce Houston is, what, seventh in the country in total tackles. And they've kind of alternated the MAC East Defensive Player of the Week honor. The only reason why a Bobcat didn't win it this past week is because Ohio didn't play. Um, so Key Thompson, it, it, I think uh, luck favors the prepared. And so right there on drive one for Bowling Green was the the interception. He just kind of there it was. Then ball pops free, picks it up. He's on the run and gone. Um, so it's just example on example, play after play, player after player, coach on coach, and that's the entire defensive staff. And I think the, the, the best thing that, that Tib Albin can do for the defense, and, and that's no disrespect to his defensive mind because he's round into a really good all-the-way head coach, was, hey, Spence, just let it spin, baby. See what happens and, and, and how much fun you're having with this unit. And, and it shows in each and every game they play. I know something, and I got a little bit of a preview. I don't think it's out quite yet, but I got a little bit of a preview of a WUB package. They're coming out with Bobcat Showcase mm -hmm. uh, talking with Bryce and Key. And one of the things they were talking about is kind of that chemistry between the two. They had, they talked about, you know, the same thing with Kelsey Mahomes, where <laughs> Key, Key might not be lined up in the right position, and Bryce will look over there like, what are you doing? Yeah. But He'll get the tackle. He, he kind of has that sixth sense, and they can both figure that out and meet at the quarterback someplace. I, I think it's important to note that, that these two guys, and, and a lot of Ohio's players too, they communicate really, really well. And they're the type of players that you want to represent your program in the way that they play, but in the way that they communicate on and off the field. And, and Bryce and Key are two wonderful examples of that. They've got edge. They play with passion. They play close to the edge of, of maybe sometimes going a little bit too gregarious and a little too emotional on the field, but their veteran nature about them allows them to rein it in. But it's college football. I mean, these aren't robots, right? I mean, these are guys that are passionate about what they do, and I love seeing Key let out a big old yell. I love when Bryce and Key get together and, and, and kind of you know bump fists or high five or whatever it is that they do because they deserve to celebrate the plays. And, and they're not showing up the opposition, but it's to the point now where the defense for Ohio is just that darn good, and they know it, and they're going to keep punching you in the mouth, and it's going to be an interesting showing the rest of this year because I, I don't see an offense in the MAC that has the stuff to be able to beat this Spence Nowinski, Bryce Houston, Key Thompson-led defense. 
And you talked about how this is the best defense the, the Bobcats have had since the 70s. And yeah. you always know the thing, defensive wins championships. And you look, the Bobcats still, they haven't won the MAC title since 1968. Obviously, that's the number hanging over mm-hmm. probably everyone's head. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a 1968 thing in the locker room somewhere. Yeah. Uh, but it's something that the Bobcats want to change and, you know, with having the best defense since around the time that they've had those titles, could this be the year for that? Well, you'd be nuts not to think that I didn't think about a final call before the Toledo game last year. And if I haven't thought about that final call through the course of the offseason and and to this point right now, um, that damn drought's going to come to an end sometime. And I think that the offense is going to really – light up the scoreboard against some defenses here that I think that they're they're just better than. Um, and so if there ever was going to be the year, this is going to be the year. But again, it, it's sports, right? Things happen. The, it, that's what's so amazing about all of it. It's not a movie. It's not a play. It's not a, a concert where you know the lyrics to the songs and you know what's going to happen. Uh, there are independent variables, right? And, and, and sometimes guys will make mistakes for sure. But the way it's trending, what the numbers say, and all that sort of stuff is is pretty impressive, yeah. You look at the rest of the MAC, and obviously, first time in about 16 years that a MAC team doesn't beat a Big Ten team. And on paper, you look at the, the records, and it seems like a down year in the MAC. Yet, they've still got a few Big 12 victory wins over Big 12 opponents. And they also, obviously, Ohio with one of those against Iowa State. And even look last week, Bowling Green, a team that... Ohio really beat the brakes off of. They knocked off at Bobby Dodd Stadium, Georgia Tech. That that one was was the biggest surprise out of all of them, considering the fact of what we saw at, at BG um, and where where Georgia Tech wants to take their program. And and not only that was the fact that um, you know they 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 were down fourteen nothing. They were they were down fourteen nothing to start the game. They scored thirty eight unanswered points in Atlanta on a hot day against the ACC's Georgia Tech. And I'm not saying that Georgia Tech is anywhere close to middle-of-the-pack, upper echelon ACC. Um, But that was pretty impressive considering the fact of the press that BG got based on the loss to Ohio, how they kind of handled their on-field stuff and how quickly that had to turn around and the injuries that they had and all that. Um, The MAC still needs to do better in non-conference play. There are only so many times that you could beat UMass. Um, and that's happened this year. Um, and, and, and what Ohio did was Ohio went out to San Diego and lost by, what, seven to, to the Aztecs, okay? It's a long trip. It's week zero. Fine. You, you were without your starting quarterback. All right. You nearly got one there. Get a win at FAU, and the Owls clearly are not as good as we all, at all hoped that they were. Um, so there have been some non-conference wins. Um but but Ohio's the only team in the league right now that is, I, I think, sniffing a, a, a top 25 ranking. Uh, we'll see what Toledo could do and their injuries. And, and hopefully, I, no one wants to cheer for injuries. And if anybody does, you're nuts. Hopefully, Daquan Finn is healthy. Hopefully, Toledo's healthy. And hey, if those are the best two teams in the league again, let's get on up to Ford Field and see what happens this go-around. Absolutely. I think really the only team standing in Ohio's way uh, from, and obviously, you know, anything can happen any given Saturday, but really the one that I think a lot of people have circled in the MAC East that will probably decide the division Mm -hmm. 
is that matchup Halloween weekend. Yeah. The Battle of the Bricks, Ohio and Miami. Miami, they've had a they've had a pretty good season so far as well. Uh, pulled off an upset against a Big Twelve opponent, which it, it still feels weird to say that Big Twelve opponent Cincinnati. That's it, it's a Red Hawk team that seems to be a bit on the rise, without a doubt. Um, and what Chuck Martin has done there has been incredibly impressive. And beyond that, I, I think Chuck Martin is just a very nice human being. I think he's a good guy. Um, the reaction to the win over Cincinnati shows um, that that is, that's their primary rivalry. I've always thought so. I think Red Hawks and previously Redskins uh, always thought that, yeah, that Cincinnati game for us, that Cincinnati matchup for us is always important. When I was a kid, I saw Miami play Nick Van Exel in Cincinnati at Millette, and you could sense what that was like then. And, and not to say that they don't think the Ohio rivalry is important, and that's a big historic, all that. Of course, these two programs are always going to be joined, and it's always going to be intense. But the fact that, that Miami finally got it, rivalries are better when both teams win. And finally, Miami got one. And was it a look ahead to the Oklahoma game and the first Big 12 game for UC? Sure, that played a part. It had to. The, again, these are 18 to 23-year-old football players, human beings, not robots. So... Miami capitalized on that. Great. Hopefully they were looking ahead because Miami got them and they outplayed them. And so, yes, it's all coming down, I think, to, as you said, uh, a battle for the bricks, potentially for the ages. Uh, Ohio and Miami, where, where two teams are good. It's going to be a Saturday, thank goodness. And hopefully it's a sellout. I I'm telling you right now, if that game isn't sold out, if these two teams are going where we, where we think they're going to the next couple of weeks... Something's wrong because this is such a passionate fan base. This is such a passionate fan base about their school in this place. If that isn't a sellout, I'd, come on. It is tailor-made for awesome. Especially with it being on Halloween weekend yes. as well. And it's a Saturday, and we've all talked about it. Oh, it's on a Tuesday. Oh, it's on a Wednesday. We got what we wanted. It's on a Saturday. Let's go. When's the last time? Uh, can you remember the last time that Ohio Miami uh, was yep. on a weekday? It, it's happened, but but not when Miami was good. To be fair, um, I, I think Ohio just blasted them uh, at Peden, and then of course we all remember the 2012 game uh, in Oxford, where where Ohio was rolling top 25, and all that came down to the final possession and. You know, Bobcat fans remember exactly what happened then. Uh, but there have been a few. But a lot of these have been midweek nights, which is cool in their own right. But but having that classic rivalry on a Saturday in Southeast Ohio, oh, yes, that's awesome. I think another conference game looking ahead is one that, once again, the Bobcats are going to be on national television for, and that's, for you, a homecoming heading to DeKalb uh, at Northern Illinois. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Uh, excited for a lot of reasons. Uh, and, again, I reiterate, People know about my, my, my association with NIU and, and my family's association with NIU. My dad went there um, uh, and then went to Southern Trade School and all that, became a broadcaster. Uh, I went there my freshman year. Um, I, I'm, I'm most certainly a Husky. There's no doubt about it. The first shirt I ever wore was an NIU shirt. But when Ohio plays NIU, I want Ohio to win every time, in every sport, always. Now, the other part about that, too, is it is one of the most informed broadcasts you're ever going to have because of all of that in mind. Um, so this has been a tough year for NIU for sure. Got the win over BC, right? 
but it's it's still going to be fun to go there. We'll be homecoming next week. I'll look down. I'll see my parents at their 50-yard line seats. My dad's going to give my mom flowers again, as he does for every homecoming. Um, and hopefully Ohio just, just rolls on past them uh, because I, I think Ohio's the better team, and, and hopefully they show it next week. But first things first, this Kent, uh, Kent State game uh, coming up in a couple of days. What do you see out of Kent State? Obviously, they're they're really reeling a little bit. I mean, I don't think they've had what they had. They beat us last year, and since then they've yeah. really been struggling. Obviously, losing your head coach to Dion and yeah. Colorado certainly does not help, and they've just been reeling. Five and seven last year, four and four in the league, and uh, Sean Lewis after five seasons. Uh, that's an offer that you can't refuse um, because if 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 you're of the mind that you have a really fun offense, Coach Prime, Deion Sanders, all that is going to be the guy that you're going to want to be around. And and also, kudos there if the situation really is what it appears to be, that Sean Lewis has had a whole lot of input on what they're doing there offensively. The worst thing would have been for Sean Lewis to go out there and say, gosh, I don't know if I could do all the same things that I did. Um, I don't know what kind of handcuffs I might have on me or restraint I might have on me because of, of, of you know the head coaching situation, all of that. Maybe they wouldn't have a good dynamic, but apparently they do. And they're heck, they nearly came back to win last week, right? So um, Kent State's had to deal with that. They still have some flash-fast elements to them. Look, Kent State's only had 10 winning seasons in the history of them being on the major college level. 10. 10. They've gone to four bowl games, three of which have happened – since 2010, right? So they're they're in a constant state of, uh, can we get there? For them, they've had to cash checks, Central Florida, Arkansas, um, and then the, the, the third in that mix was uh, Fresno State. Their only win over Central Connecticut. So we're, we're not really sure who they are or what they're about because they couldn't really show who they are and what they're about. But they played hard in some of those games. The Arkansas game they played hard in. A Fresno trip, gosh, that's a long way to go, right, for a night game out there Oof, uh, in the Valley. So we'll see. Um, we'll see. And looking a few more things before we let you go. Sure. Only a month away is basketball. Basketball, what, it, it's it's October 4th, even though, boy, it doesn't, sound, doesn't feel like it outside, 80 no. degrees. Yeah. But uh, only a month away, November 8th, Ohio's ba- men's basketball's first game a few interesting trips uh mm-hmm. what what are what are you most excited about uh looking ahead to bobcat basketball yeah i think it's a good schedule i know they wanted to try to get a, a power six uh opponent in there but the dates didn't work out in an interview i did with jeff bulls um would be two weeks ago now last week they're all running into each other um he said that UConn came back to them, but the dates didn't work. They tried to get in in a, a, a more marquee MTE, and that didn't work. So they, they tried on it, and I believe them. I don't think they're going to lie to me. I mean, maybe, but hope not. But they're in the tournament in Bahamas, which is has some mid-majors in it. George mm-hmm. Washington, I think, uh, will be better this year with all the transfers, and they might be trending up. Uh, but the game in Cleveland, I think, is fun, too. Think about this, Bobcat fans, and just basketball fans in general, even Buckeye fans, because that's the that's the the headliner of the card, Ohio State and West Virginia. But that's three games on one day in downtown Cleveland. 
and they're really fun games. Sure. I mean, you got Ohio and Davidson, yeah. uh, and Saint Bonaventure. And Saint Bonaventure. That's, those are those are yeah. six really good programs. Well, six really good programs historically. Obviously, West Virginia in a little bit of turmoil, but sure. still, sure, you still have a six oh. really good programs. Well, th- that's kind of like the throwback to the old days. I. I remember my dad telling me about double headers and triple headers that they had at the old Chicago Stadium, and you just pay one uh, price to get in. Uh, you might bring a sack lunch with you and just watch a whole bunch of hoops. I, I don't think you could bring the food in anymore, but you could pay the one price, I believe, and be able to get in there and see three great games on December the 30th. Uh, so New Year's Eve Eve will be up in Cleveland, and, and we'll be in Cleveland twice, Cleveland State. Um I, I think that, it, you know, from a regional standpoint, the Youngstown State game, YSU went to the NIT last year, lost to Oklahoma State. They're on They're on the, the, the build-up there. Uh, Detroit down here, Marshall series continues. Um, and then down to Austin P. I I think, is good. If you want to see Nashville and see a basketball game, Clarksville's northwest of Nashville. So there, there's a lot to the schedule, I think, that, that has some fun ailments. It's really a who's who of some really solid mid-major programs. Troy, Detroit Mercy, Delaware. Mm. Uh, they've been around as well. Delaware, I, I don't, I don't know what this is, but when I first got here, Tim O'Shea had the schedule si- uh, laid out that that Ohio was playing Delaware. I've been to Newark, Delaware, more times than I ever thought I would be in my life. With three times, and then we see them here, and Ohio will see them in, in the Bahamas too, like the Bobs and the Blue Hens. It's, uh, it's kismet apparently that these these two programs are together but yeah that's part of the schedule and this is uh they're further along now this year than they were last year because they can be uh because you have uh, um, your leaders that 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 stepped up last season and miles brown's back and and, and jalen hunter back the dynamics of the che- team will change because you don't have dwight wilson and ben Roderick there but you have less new you have more returning and i think that this team has a chance to be really good i do Absolutely. It'll just be a thing of who's going to step into that five role, really. Yeah, and how they play with it. Will Will uh, Will Clayton be be a low post guy? Will Will AJ be that low post guy? Will Will he diversify? Because he's got the body type to do it for sure. Um, but does that fit into overall what they want to do? You're not going to have the traditional post. I mean, it, it, that's just not going to be a thing unless you have a guy like Dwight Wilson. Uh, but I think AJ in this refined area of the low post-ish player, he could be that ish for you, and he could step out and, and quick trigger three. You mentioned the Delaware game; he went nuts uh, in Delaware last year. So there's always a lot to it. Also, I encourage a lot of Bobcat sports are playing at home this week. This week, so it truly is a homecoming week for like everybody. Um, volleyball's home uh, tomorrow night. Uh, a soccer home tomorrow. Field hockey, uh, all of that. So there's a lot to this homecoming week. So hopefully fans get out and support all Bobcat teams, and most certainly on Saturday. But if they can't be there, we're on the air at two thirty. Marty's got the local pregame at one thirty. One last thing before we let you go. Obviously, you're a Brewers fan. We I talked am. about that the last time we were on. What'd you think of the game last night? Uh, missed opportunities early. Uh, and the Diamondbacks are better than a lot of people give them credit for um, because that that's a team with a lineup that I think is very deep. Um, and if you don't capitalize on run scoring chances, especially early on, when you have your top of the line starter in there, that gives you pause to say, oh, no, uh-oh. 
and the Diamondbacks can hit homers. They went back-to-back, -back, right? They put guys on. They moved them over. They have speed. So um, it will be tough tonight for sure. Um, I think the playoffs are interesting. The Blue Jays were in a case today where they overmanaged for overmanagement's sake, and they blew that decision, and the Twins were able to score some runs. I think Barrios was outstanding early on today, and, and, and Schneider was just itching, itching, itching to make the change. He did. It cost him, and uh, the Blue Jays, unless they, they rally here, are going to be eliminated. Well, right now they've got, uh, going to my little computer here, they they got the bases loaded. Oh, Top wow. of the sixth inning. Ooh, so how many hey, out? How many out? One out, one out. So one we'll out. see what happens. Okay. I mean, it, it, it this I'm not sold on them moving the World Series a little bit. I don't like the fact that Game Seven's on a Saturday night. No, and, no. You know, it should be Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, mm -hmm. Tuesday, Wednesday. You know, that's how I grew up, and how I feel like it should always be, but I really like these wild card games. Obviously, you got to you got to find a way to where it's not always in the middle of the day. Sure, because that's not exactly worked that great for. Uh, you look at Tampa. What they had twenty thousand people in there. Yeah, and it's hard. It, it's it's and it's and again, what people don't realize about Tampa is they're not in Tampa. They're in St. Pete, and so to get over there. From Tampa, if you're working a regular job in Tampa, anywhere Tampa, it's hard to get over to St. Pete. So, yes, I understand most people look at their major league ballpark that's close to them and say, oh, they got to get there. Well, it's a little harder because there are only so many bridges that could take you over to St. Pete uh, and getting in there. So, yes, uh, did that look bad? Yeah, uh, uh, of course it does. But there's probably more to it than people realize. And as we talk about Blue Jays just grounded into double play. No! Oh, <laughs> man! What, one of my uh, friends from college is, is the radio voice of the Blue Jays, and so it's kind of funny because uh, as I'm coming here to do the radio show with you, I'm listening on, on Sirius Radio, Channel 177 right now. Ben Wagner is the, an outstanding baseball voice. He is so good. But I was in the same press box with him when we were in the Valley, and he was at Indiana State, and I was at Southern Illinois. And, hey, you know, same, same. He's calling the playoff game right now in Minnesota, and I'm doing live and local radio with you. Like, exactly. who's got it better, right? I'd say me, for sure. Yeah, you're, you're, wa you're watching a winning team. <laughs> hey, absolutely. Now, I, I, I'm a little jealous of his paycheck, for sure. But, hey, you know, money's not everything, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for coming in, Russ. Uh, we'll get you uh, sometime in the next few weeks. Yeah, anytime. That That's the part of this that's really fun. A sports talk show, a local sports talk show, uh, a, a sister station of our flagship station. This is stuff that, that's a natural. I'm always happy to do it, and thanks for having me on. Absolutely. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about that M MLB playoffs, wild card uh, week, I guess, here on The Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. This week on Football Friday Kickoff. With just three weeks to go in the regular season, it's time to get in the driver's seat and create your own destiny. We'll take a look at the special sibling connection that's propelled the Jackson Ironmen to new heights this season. And in our game of the week, it's a de facto TVC Hawking title game as the high-flying Eastern Eagles travel to Gloucester to take on the Triple Tomcats. All this and more on Football Friday Kickoff, live from the Holzer Health System Studio, Friday at 5 on Pure Rock 105 WXTQ. Weenie Wednesday. Corn dogs and regular hot dogs, $1.19 each. Open 10.30 a.m. to 10 p.m. Head over to Larry's Doghouse over on West Union Street in Athens. It's been a trying year for parents. They've been confronted with countless challenges and have always risen to the occasion. 
if it isn't too much to ask. The 340,000 high school student athletes in Ohio have one last request. Please set an example. Disorderly fan conduct in high school athletic events is on the rise. It increasingly involves parents. There's no question that parents are passionate. There's no question they care about their children. But at a time when we're all wound a little more tightly than usual, it's worth remembering this about Ohio high school sports. Always be a good example. Stop unruly fan behavior before it starts. This message presented by the Ohio High School Athletic Association and the Ohio Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. Devil's Staircase, Ohio's longest-running, most exciting motorcycle event, the 74th Annual Devil's Staircase, AMA Pro Hill Climbing Races. It's a full weekend of high-octane two-wheeled fun. October 7th and 8th, Saturday, it's dirt drags, grudge racing, motorcycle games, and live music. Then Sunday, it's the Hill Climb. It's a two-day event with camping available, only 60 miles south of Columbus off I-71 in Oregonia, 10 miles north of Kings Island. For more info, visit DaytonMZ.com. Live and local, the sports fan on 970 WATH. This is a sports fan, Carl Blaylock with you in studio. Once again, thank you to Mr. Russ Eisenstein, the voice of the Bobcats, uh, coming on as it is homecoming week. Very excited for the parade and such uh, but it's also wild card week for major league baseball and you know there's a few things i picked up a the espn productions have been a little bit rough i, I was a, a, i watched uh, all of diamondbacks brewers yesterday which was a great game four to three we talked a little bit about it with russ uh and it was a really good game with the diamondbacks coming out on top four to three thanks in part to their bullpen which i guess was slept on a little bit but they they are able to get the win, but the production hmm, like Evan Longoria made an amazing catch. Brewers had bases loaded, no outs, and the Diamondbacks got out of it thanks in part to uh, getting a double play because Evan Longoria made a diving catch and then threw it over to second for that second out on the double play, which ended up being the third out of the inning. But they didn't. They didn't show that on replay until like five minutes after. And I'm like, what? What are we doing? You know, I've got a little bit of experience in uh, TV production like that. I've done some stuff with uh, the ESPN Plus program at Ohio University, and it's like, what, what are you doing? Get the replay. <laughs> Get the replay. Uh, but that notwithstanding, looking at yesterday's results, you had the Rangers win four nothing over Tampa Bay. Remember, Tampa Bay has not scored. Did not score a run, and they—I think they finally scored one in about the seventh inning of today's game. They still fell to the Rangers, so the Rangers move on. Tampa Bay gets knocked out, which honestly, not that surprising that they get knocked out. Uh, but still, tough when you only score one run. They've scored like one run in the last like four or five games, or what have you of it. I mean, they—I I, they, I don't think they scored a run. Last year, let's see, the 2022 playoffs. Because I remember they played the Guardians. And I don't think that they scored a run in either of those games. No, they did. They scored a run in game one. Then they had that long extra innings in game two. 
So, I, I mean, you got to be able to do a bit more than that, and they weren't able to. And, you know, when you go two entire playoffs, four games, and you only score two runs, no, you're not making it very far in them. The Twins yesterday, they knocked out the longest losing streak in playoff history, uh, any four major sports. The Twins had not won a playoff game since I was two. That's how long it had been. They, they won one in 2004, uh, 19 years ago. Able to get the win yesterday over Toronto, and as we talked about, they're up 2 nothing now over the Blue Jays again, trying to win their first playoff series since 2002. Looking at tonight's games, Milwaukee and Arizona, I, Milwaukee just has to be able to crack the code on Arizona's bullpen. And honestly, with Arizona, Arizona might be that sleeper team. You know, you had last year those two wildcard teams. Uh, you know, you had San Diego and Philadelphia that just made that big run. I think Arizona might be able to make that big run again. You've got their young bats heating it back up again. If they catch the right gust of wind, they couldn't end up making it far. We'll have to see if they do catch that right gust to win. Obviously, if they win, they're going to have to play the Atlanta Braves, and that is going to be a tough, tough out, especially considering what happened with Atlanta last year. But we'll see what ends up happening with that. And then speaking of Atlanta, the team that beat them last year, Philadelphia, they played Miami last night. They get the victory 4-1. to one. Obviously, the wild card series is everyone going for the sweep, and that would really help them pitching-wise as well. You keep an extra arm and your bullpen more available. I, I think that I could really see that Arizona-Milwaukee game series going to three games, but we'll see what happens. We've got more to talk about after the break. We're going to talk about college football and seeing what we've got this weekend. Obviously, homecoming for the Bobcats, but what else? We'll talk about it after the break. You're listening to The Sports Van, presented by JNK Contracting. The hands Travion Henderson busting it straight ahead to the Penn State 30. Left side to the 20, Henderson to the 10 and into the end zone goes Travion Henderson on a 41-yard touchdown run. Hands to Williams. Williams at the goal line. Grab, touchdown, signal given. Mayan Williams. This is the voice of the Buckeyes, Paul Keels. Conference play resumes Saturday as Ohio State hosts Maryland. We'll be on the air with the AEP Energy Buckeye pregame show beginning at 10.30 a.m. here on the Ohio State Sports Network from Learfield. Every two minutes, a woman in the U.S. is diagnosed with breast cancer. And in that split-second moment in time, her life changes forever. The toll of breast cancer is great. The need to support those who are battling the disease today is even greater. And that's why when others look away, Susan G. Komen leans in. We're fighting alongside patients because we know one moment can change a lifetime. Fighting breast cancer takes funding for research to discover the next new treatment, providing access to quality and affordable health care and people willing to take action by raising funds and raising their voice to advocate for others. United by hope, we can end breast cancer. Join our fight. Save lives. Game on. Fire 
near to the end zone. Caught Keeps on nine. driving it into the house. Six for the Cats. Ohio wins. Runs through everybody, and he sprints. Six for the Cats. This Saturday, Ohio returns home for a max showdown with Kent State. The ball is caught. Back to the end zone. Beat this baby green and white. Our coverage begins at 2.30 on your home for Bobcats football. You've got a homecoming infotainment date for the Cats and Flashes. Local coverage starts at 1.30 on the flagship. Pure Rock 105, XTQFM. You're listening to 970 WATH and the Sports Fan. This is a Sports Fan. Carl Blaylock with you in the WATH studios. And one thing that I completely forgot about, we got midweek football again. I think yesterday was the first, uh, uh, the only time until I believe the day before Thanksgiving that there will not be any football on either Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or Monday. Uh, Tonight you got Jacksonville State at Middle Tennessee or Florida International at New Mexico State. New Mexico State. Is New Mexico State in the Conference USA now? Oh, boy. Yikes. Man, that's how far they've fallen down. I'm surprised UMass hasn't joined them in there yet. They played a great game week zero, but, uh, yeah, so you got Jacksonville State, Middle Tennessee. That could be interesting. Middle Tennessee coming off. They played Saturday. Yeah, they played Saturday. What? No, no, they played Thursday. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. Um, They lost in the 100 miles of hate rivalry against uh, Bowling Green, Western Kentucky, uh, in Bowling Green, Kentucky. They lost 31-10, and uh, Jacksonville State coming off of a big win over Sam Houston State in overtime, battle of two teams that have just now jumped up into the They've jumped up into the power, or not power five, but FBS, up from the FCS. At Jacksonville State, they've got Rich Rod with them. And I, I, you know what, I really think that I've found my surefire hot pick. I'll get to that in a second. But Jacksonville State, they're going to test. I mean, we already saw James Madison kind of test the, uh, we already saw them kind of test the FBS rule where you can't win a conference title. Uh, within like the first two or three years of joining up the conference. Just because if you do, you are, uh, you know, it's just somehow not allowed with the transition rules. Not something that I like. But Jacksonville State, they could put that to the test right now. 2-0, 4-1, only behind, tied at 2-0 with Liberty and Louisiana Tech in Conference USA standings. Looking at some other games, you got uh, Sam Houston State at Liberty uh, tomorrow, Western Kentucky at Louisiana Tech. Some big, big games this weekend uh, of the top 25. Maryland at Ohio State. And this one's flying a little bit under the radar, but I don't feel like it, sh- it should. You still have Tua Tagovailoa's brother at Maryland. He- he's a really good quarterback. Maryland could make some noise to Ohio State, especially since there really hasn't been any team that's separated anywhere. And I think that that's something that is still 
going to happen this week. I, I, I don't see Ohio State winning by a big, big margin. The line on this is, oh, do they have the line out? Yeah, tw- minus, uh, minus 20 for the Buckeyes. I think they cover, but barely. But I, I think this game is a lot closer than a lot of people think. A few ranked matchups. You got Oklahoma taking on Texas, the Cotton Bowl Classic. Uh, you know, I, I really think that Texas, if there is the most complete team, it has been Texas. But Oklahoma's looked impressive over the last few weeks. That Brent Venable defense, though, showed a bit of cracks against Iowa State. And I, I really think that that's going to cost them. I think Texas wins this game, but I'm still not entirely sold on Texas. But I'm more sold on them than a lot of other teams. Alabama, for example. Obviously, they lost to Texas. They have to travel to Texas A&M uh, this weekend. And A&M's not that good, but I still think Alabama's on upset alert. They haven't shown me anything yet. Uh, the Crimson Tide have not. I'm just not sold on them. I'm really just not sold on them. Another ranked matchup in the SEC, actually in the noon game that I forgot about because everyone's sleeping on Missouri. And I don't know why everyone's sleeping on Missouri, but they are. They've already defeated Kansas State in, with a 61-yard field goal. That was an insane game. I don't know how he made a 61-yard field goal, but I, I really think that Missouri, they're going to knock off LSU. LSU has not looked that good. Uh, so Missouri gets the victory. I think that Missouri might give Georgia a run for their money in the SEC East, which they're going to have a run for their money as Kentucky heads down to Sanford Stadium to take on the Bulldogs. And nah, I, I don't see I, I don't see Georgia losing this one. Kentucky, you know, this is a team. And there's really no team that's looked that good this year. But Kentucky's been towards the bottom of teams that look good. They just, you know, they destroyed Florida, and that's why they're ranked, because they destroyed a ranked team. But Florida shouldn't have been ranked, because Tennessee shouldn't have been ranked. Um, And therefore, Kentucky shouldn't have been ranked either. But I I think that Kentucky gives Georgia a half, and then Georgia ends up winning by 25, like what they normally do. Another ranked matchup, Notre Dame at Louisville. And Louisville intrigues me. Because I don't feel like a lot of people have been talking enough about the Cardinals. They struggled against Georgia Tech early in the season. They struggled against Indiana, but they've seemed to be finding their stride the last few weeks. They play. They they beat NC State last week on the road, thirteen to ten. It's a decently tough Wolfpack team, and they they host Notre Dame. Notre Dame didn't look that good against Duke last week. Once again, they've got a road test away from home. I would say look out for the Irish. I'm not sure if they escape that one. And the last two more games I want to talk about. Fresno State at Wyoming. Wyoming, they had that big victory over Texas Tech week one. I think that they really continue that. But Fresno State's been really good. It's going to be tough for the Bulldogs to get out of Laramie unscathed. I do think they do it. I do think that Fresno State... Knocks off Wyoming, but again, that should be a game you should keep an eye on in the late window. And obviously, the uh, last game of the night, Caleb Williams, he's going to be taking number nine USC as they host Arizona. And Arizona team that really, 
an Arizona team that really gave everything they had against Washington. And obviously that's at home. Going to the desert is tough. But I think this Arizona team is going to give USC a very close game. And again, remember, I, I've been on this the entire season. I don't think USC is that good. I really don't. Their offense, yes. Their defense, terrible. They go 9-3 and because of that defense. I don't know if one of those losses will be against Arizona, but we'll see. But clearly the uh, Wildcats defense, pretty solid. We'll take our last break of the program. When we come back, we'll have our surefire hot picks here on the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Tune in Friday night for the Athens County Game of the Week on Pure Rock 105. This week, it's a massive TBC hawking collision as Tremble looks to clinch a share of the conference title against the Eastern Eagles. Coverage will start at 5 p.m. with Football Friday kickoff with the coaches show at 6.30 and kickoff at 7. It's the Tomcats and the Eagles Friday on Pure Rock 105. Weenie Wednesday. Corn dogs and regular hot dogs, $1.19 each. Open 10.30 a.m. to 10 p.m. Head over to Larry's Doghouse over on West Union Street in Athens. Hello, football fans. This is Voice of the Bulldogs, Cedric Granger. After Athens' dominant 48-27 win over Megs, the dogs travel on the road to face off against their TVC foes, the Wellston Golden Rockets. Can Athens make it three wins in a row? Find out on Friday. Join me and analyst Matt Frazee at 6.45 p.m. on 970 WATA. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. You're listening to The Sports Fan on 970 WATH. Sounds like my alarm. (laughs) Good morning. This is a sports fan presented by JNK Contracting. It's time for our surefire hot picks. And for mine... I'm going to go Jacksonville State, the Gamecocks. They've got a plus two and a half advantage. And I mean, I don't even know if I need that, to be honest, but I'll take the points, at least for the surefire hot picks up against Middle Tennessee State. The Blue Raiders have not looked especially good this year, but uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I really, I'm going to trust Rich Rod. I don't know if that's going to work out for me, but we'll see. Uh, looking at, I, I want to talk it because I haven't been on the show enough to talk about it uh, since it happened. I had a bad beat of all bad beats this weekend. Had, uh, you know, dabble in a little bit of sports betting, you know, might as well. And I had a three pick em parlay I made. Friday night, you know, late Friday night, I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, we'll put Northwestern plus 27, 
Missouri minus 14, and the over in Michigan-Nebraska. It was set at like 39.5. I thought it was really low. Got it boosted. $10 pays out for 100 This should be an easy hit, I think, because, look, Missouri should beat Vanderbilt, and they did. It was a little bit closer than what I thought it was going to be, but they still defeat Vanderbilt. You know, they, they win by 17. That covers. Michigan, Nebraska, Michigan covered by themselves. 39.5 was so low for that. I didn't get that. So it, it all came down to the first game, actually, in the parlay, uh, Penn State and Northwestern. Obviously, Northwestern plus 27. They look good. I mean, Penn State fumbled the opening kickoff, and here come the uh, here come the Wildcats to kick a field goal. And they led actually late in the game, or late later in the first half, ten to seven. Penn State kicks a field goal at the end of the half. Still tied at ten at the half. I'm feeling pretty good. Penn State comes out six or seven minute drive, scores the touchdown. Okay, it's fine. Still need 20 more points. There's a quarter and a half to go. Should be easy. Northwestern goes three and out, but it's fourth and about, oh, a foot. And so they decide, you know what, go for it. Whatever, yeah. You know, you're close, you're in a game you shouldn't be. Whatever, go for it. Don't get it. Oh, Penn State, they kick a field goal. All right, we're good. We're fine. It's It's 10 points. There's still six minutes, six, five and a half minutes left in the third quarter. We're fine. 17 points, three possessions, no big deal. Northwestern goes three and out again. Their coach runs a fake punt on a fourth and five. This is where I started pulling my hair out. Penn State scores a touchdown on the ensuing drive. I'm like, what are you doing? David Braun, what what are you doing? It looks like it's going to not hit. But then, so that's 17 points. Penn State scores another touchdown. Or actually, Northwestern drives down the field, kicks a field goal. Penn State scores another touchdown. We're at 21 points. They score that touchdown with 4.55 to go. It's fine. We're looking good. Northwestern's driving. They're around midfield. Remember, their backup quarterback's in because their starter, Ben Bryant. Yes, that Ben Bryant from the Cincinnati Glory days. Nah, not Cincinnati Glory days, but still, he was around for Cincinnati last year he, he transferred there <sighs> he throws the, the, the backup to him I don't even know who it was it might have been Ryan Helensky he throws a pick and it's a very bad pick it's a pick that I could have seen I could have seen the defender and gone don't throw it he didn't see it it's picked they return him back to the 30 yard line from the 30 yard line handoff touchdown 28 points pain I could have gotten $100. Instead, I got nothing. I, I guess that's sports betting for you, though. But, like, what are we doing? <laughs> uh, what are we doing? Why are we going for it on fourth down on back-to-back drives when it didn't work for you the first time? That's what I didn't get out of it. But, hey, I guess I don't get paid to do that, do I? Maybe I could get paid to do it. I don't know. Anyways, that'll wrap up the sports fan for this October 4th. Uh, be sure to tune in tomorrow. We've got the AFC North Roundtable. I think we got three out of four coming this today or tomorrow. That, that'll be fun. They've got a lot to talk about. Actually, I think Cedric, the only positive one <laughs> with the Ravens fan, uh, he's not going to be there. So a lot of negativity. But, hey, I, I think that makes good radio, doesn't it? 
That'll be tomorrow right here on the Sports Fan 606-7 right here on WATH.